Hello, and welcome to On Your Left, the politics podcast that's probably to your left. My name is Katrina Ames, and I use she-them pronouns. And I'm Nirali Shath, I use she-her pronouns. So, the last couple of weeks have been a little bit strange, but we are usually in your podcast feeds every week, so please be sure to follow us if you haven't already, share the podcast with your friends, share your podcast with your family, with whoever strangers total strangers just do it um yeah and you can also support us on patreon at patreon.com slash on your left pod if you like what we have to say you can you can throw us a, a couple bucks it would be very cool of you to do that um mm-hmm. and we, we took a week off more than once in the past month because of gestures broadly to the world around us but let's let's get back to uh our regular updates which are pretty much all terrible we took one week off and everything that was bad just got worse yeah (laughs) yeah that's that is what happened so let's start with covid news yeah (laughs) so um the global death toll from COVID-19 has surpassed 3 million people, which is not good. Yeah. I don't know what else to say um, other than it's not good. It's bad. Yeah. I think I think the theme of this episode is going to be people dying is bad. Oof. What a title. In all likelihood, most of the 3 million people who died of COVID-19 over... The past, I don't know, year and a half or so, uh, would still be alive today. Uh, they would still be alive today had the virus not happened, or a lot of them would still be alive if governments and communities worked better to stop the spread of the virus in the first place. Looking at you, America. Um, and there's just a lot of people that were not going to get back and even as we're trying to get back to normal uh through vaccinations i don't want us to forget that pretty much everyone's been traumatized and most of us know someone who died of this awful thing and we can just be sad about it and things don't have to go back to normal because normal was not working it led to a global pandemic where three million people died yeah yeah there are lessons to be learned from this i think like not a lot a lot of the lesson is just death sucks and we should prevent it but i think that's a less that's a, a necessary lesson as well apparently Um, in vaccine news, it's also bad. It's also bad. Um, the federal government has put a pause on the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which I think is a good thing and is ethical to do. Um, they are giving a panel of experts some time to review a blood clot disorder that appeared in six women after taking the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, um, to study if It was caused by the vaccine, first and foremost. Uh, And if there are 
anything else linking these six people together other than the fact that they are women. And if there's something that we can warn people about to ensure uh, if people need to take Moderna or Pfizer or AstraZeneca, that we know that ahead of time and can make sure that the most amount of people are safe and being kept safe and, you know, don't die. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that, like, this doesn't bode well for for me is um, vaccine hesitancy. Like, people who are already distrusting of vaccines will be less trusting now that the government has put a pause on one of the vaccines that they had already approved. So that's, that it's going to be a harder sell, an even harder sell than it already has been. Yeah. And that's a really valid concern. Vaccine hesitancy is going to be a big problem to overcome. Uh, I, for one, felt a little bit hesitant, not because I thought the vaccines are unsafe, because the vaccines are safe, will help keep me safe, will help keep my community safe. I'm just afraid of needles. And everyone kept posting pictures of needles and them going into their bodies on the internet, and I didn't like it. <laughs> but I still got my first dose, and I took a picture of the book that I read while waiting, because that is also good. Yeah. They make you wait for, like, 15 minutes after you get your dose, so, like, bring mm -hmm. a book. Yeah, I, I scrolled through Twitter at, at the time because I've lost the ability to read, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Valid. Uh, no, but, uh, okay, because now we both, you, you're half vaccinated and I've been fully vaccinated, the, the, it, it doesn't, you don't feel anything when they give you the the vaccine when they administer the vaccine like you don't really feel the needle go in it's so quick like i look away when i get shots but like i can't look at it but like the feeling of it you can't feel it it's fine i would say this hurts about as much as all of the other vaccines i have gotten throughout my lifetime which is a fair amount. As you'll notice, I don't have polio. So, <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. Um, and it's a good thing that the government is, like, stopping this to study the vaccine further because they already did study the vaccine to test for safety. Uh, but having a 0.0001% chance of forming a blood clot, you know, maybe just check to see if the vaccine is causing that. That's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. It is scientifically ethical to do so. And it's also important to, I guess, mention here that getting COVID also comes with some side effects, like, you know, death as the most obvious one. Uh, but it could also come with neurological disorders of the future, or lung problems, or heart disorders, or blood clots. All yeah. side effects of COVID-19. And, so like, and, and studies are now showing that the young people who they thought would be fine after getting COVID are, turns out, not fine after a while after they got COVID. Not dead, but now with fun new chronic illnesses. Yay. Yeah, chronic illnesses are not fun. We do not wish them upon people. Please get the vaccine. 
Yeah. Um, if you're eligible to get the vaccine, please get it. Uh, I was made eligible this week and I got it this week because I was very, very lucky that there were some appointments available. Um, cannot stress this enough. I got lucky that some appointments were available in my area to schedule the day that I became available to get the vaccine. Then not everyone was that lucky. But please try to get vaccinated. Please try to protect yourself and your community. Protect uh, the children in your life that are too young to get the vaccine, which is everyone under the age of 16. So pretty much everyone we currently consider children uh, is too young to get the vaccine. Uh, protect the elderly and the very sick who might not be able to get the vaccine for medical reasons. Those with allergies to the vaccine who should not get it because they will go into anaphylactic shock. Like, just generally do your best to protect the people around you. Uh, some people have been saying that the way to get through this pandemic is through herd immunity, uh, not with a vaccine. Which a vaccine can provide herd immunity without that part where a bunch of people die. Uh, and to get there, experts are saying we need 85% of the population to get vaccinated. We are not close to that yet. Please take a turn. Get your neighbors vaccinated. Help people who have trouble using the internet, make get an appointment, do whatever you can. Yeah, I highly recommend following the- there a lot of Twitter accounts have popped up um, that like alert you when there are vaccinations in a certain- on a certain website for like whether it's like the local CVS or the local hospital, like they will- there are regional Twitter accounts that will alert you when there are vaccines available. So if you're eligible or someone you know is eligible and trying to get an appointment, follow those accounts. Highly recommend that. So that you can get on that. And one last piece of vaccine news related to vaccine hesitancy. Um, an analysis from the New York Times found that willingness to receive a vaccine and actual vaccination rates were lower on average in counties where a majority of residents voted to re-elect Donald Trump as president in 2020. So don't just reach out to your neighbors or your friends who live in cities and are like, oh my god, I can't wait to get vaccinated. Like, maybe talk to your neighbor that still has a Trump bumper sticker for some reason about why you're getting vaccinated. Or... Uh, what I'm planning to do is posting it on Facebook because I assume my Republican relatives will see it and also see that six weeks from now, I'm safe. I'm fully vaccinated and probably going back to living my best life where I still stay inside all of the time <laughs> and don't hang out with other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, like this is not like it it's news because the analysis happened but like is anyone really surprised um no um if you're also if you're able to travel those areas um are throwing out vaccines because people are not coming to get them so if you're able to travel and get the vaccines there do it yeah um please i just encourage the people in your lives to get vaccinated. 
Even the people that you're only friends on Facebook with at this point because you feel obligated to be because you're related and they post pictures of their kids who you love even though you have major disagreements with their parenting methods. For example, for example. <laughs> Hypothetically. If, if you're in a, in a situation similar to that and your resemblance to persons living or dead is purely coincidental in that example. Um... <laughs> so let's move on to something else that you will probably have disagreements on Facebook about. Uh, gun violence and police violence and mass shootings. Because it's just... I've... So for my, like, day job, I've been working on one very specific case of police violence that happened uh, within Pennsylvania to a young man named Christian Hall, who... Uh, called in to 911 uh, that he was thinking of attempting suicide. And then the police showed up. And when Christian Hall had his hands up in the air while holding a toy gun, the police shot at him seven times and he died. So it's been a little bit traumatic for me. Uh, but all of this work about working on this specific case of police violence has also been interrupted by news of other cases of police violence and other cases of gun deaths and other cases of mass shootings. And I just... It felt like the one good thing about the pandemic was that school shootings stopped. And that's over now, uh, unfortunately. But, like, we... We need to deal with this problem in a way that doesn't involve all of society shutting down because we're afraid of death. Because there are other ways to prevent people from dying. So let's let's run through what's happened so far. So in the days since George Floyd was killed by a police officer last May... There have been at least three murders by police officers every single day. And that is... That's just so many people. Um, this past week, there have been two cases that have gotten a lot of attention. Um, the one that really breaks my heart is the case of Adam Toledo, who is only 13 years old, only a year older than my youngest brother, um, who is so small. I mean, he's taller than me now, but he's so small in my head still. Um, Adam Toledo was only 13 years old when officers chased him down an alley and shot him when he had his hands up. Police officers, uh, due to a law in Chicago that requires that all footage of police shootings be released within 60 days, uh, the footage was released, and the officers originally claimed that Adam Toledo had a gun, but video evidence shows that he didn't have a gun, and the police officers lied. They lied after the fact. Not they thought he had a gun and were wrong. They just lied about they, this 13-year-old kid having a gun. They killed a child, and to excuse that murder, they lied about a child having a murder weapon. He was in seventh grade. Yeah. I just... He, he's a kid. He was a kid. It's just... 
I don't even, uh, like, I don't know, the, the Chicago mayor also has been kind of disgraceful about this and said that it was a complicated situation and that there was nuance in the situation. And Lori Lightfoot, that's complete bullshit. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to argue that, like, the situation isn't nuanced, but my nuance is coming from, okay, so should we charge with these officers with crime and defund the police, or should we charge these officers with crime and abolish the police? That's where my nuance is. Yeah. Because what else, what else do you do after someone kills a 13-year-old kid? When I was 13... I was very concerned with uh, passing my math class, mm -hmm. uh, getting out of gym somehow, never worked, always tried <laughs> to, uh, and like whether I would get Krispy Kreme donuts after I did the state testing. Yeah, I was, I was still hardcore in my high school musical phase, even though I was getting too old to be in a high school musical phase. Like, also, High School Musical had been out for a little while already. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm saying I was getting too old to be in a High School Musical phase because because I was eleven when High School Musical came out. <laughs> I was in fifth grade when High School Musical came out, and I was still obsessed. <laughs> but like, what a time! What a time, man! But like, that's. Yeah, I was getting excited about this the big 7th grade field trip, which was like going to the woods and doing camping. And that was... That was 7th grade. 7th grade was Potter Puppet Pals. Oh, man. That was, like, that level of innocence and just, like, enjoying life. And, like, th this kid was robbed of a chance to grow up and live a life. Yeah. Um, with my youngest brother turns 12 in about a week and a half now, two weeks. Uh, and my youngest brother is a black and Asian child. Uh, and like, there's a lot of fear around him turning 12. 12 is the age that Timur Rice was when he died. Uh, and I remember my brother deciding um, so at that time, uh, my brother really liked Nerf guns when he found out about Tamir Rice. Tamir Rice was a child playing in a park in an open carry state with a toy gun. Uh, and Nerf guns were already an inside toy in our house due to us not being white. Uh, but that, there was a moment when he learned about what police violence does to little brown boys and he stopped playing. And they have taken so much, the police have taken so much from black and brown kids all over the country from their lives to just the existence of joy in playing with toys that were made for them to play with. And it's too much and it is too late to do so much for these kids, but we are going to make sure that they get to live at least. God, that's horrible. Like, there's no other word for it. Like, so many kids are 
are seeing are going to see this and realize that they might not have a shot at life. They deserve one. They we all deserve one. Um I mean all Adam Toledo did was exist in Chicago. That was it. He didn't do anything wrong. No. Um in the news this week has also been Dante Wright, who was killed during a traffic stop just miles away from the Derek Chauvin trial. Uh, Derek Chauvin was the former police officer that is being charged with murdering George Floyd. Because we all saw him murder George Floyd. Yeah. Uh. So, so he was killed at a traffic stop and, um... A police officer pulled out her gun and shot him, and the officer claims that she took mistook her gun for a taser, that she meant to grab her taser instead of her gun, which A, you should not be a police officer if you do not know the difference between a taser and a gun, and second of all, like, that's a complete lie. And third of all, you should you should not be shot for speeding or or running a red or parking wrong. Yeah. Uh the officers specifically noted when reporting this case that Duante Wright, a a 20-year-old man who has a toddler child. It, so this is now a half-orphaned baby uh, just walking around here. And the the thing that was the problem was uh, they thought his registration might not be up to date. And they specifically noted that he had an air freshener hanging in his car. A thing that I've seen most cars have. And that's not a good enough reason to stop someone. It's certainly not a good enough reason to kill someone. I mean, my... Uh, we've been stopped for half... You know how when you get a car, uh, they, the dealership has, like, that rim around the license plate that says, like, the dealership name or whatever? Mm-hmm. We've been stopped for having that on our car. Multiple times. How? how why? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> this is like clearly a huge problem. And it's also a problem that we knew about. Uh yeah. activists have been talking about how traffic stops are used to disproportionately target people of color over and over again. Uh for years. For years. You don't have to do anything wrong. Uh, I think, oh god, what was this? Was it Sandra Bland who, like, missed a turn signal or something allegedly before she died? Yeah. I just, like, we know. We know it's the thing that happens. I mean, did you and... see that video that just went viral a couple days ago of the police officer, like, handing someone their ticket, realizing they were filming, and getting angry about it? Even though it's our right, it's our we're allowed to film police officers. Um, yeah, and all the person did was ask for the officer's name, which is allowed, and film, which is allowed. 
a police officer's name and badge number are supposed to be visible 100% of the time while they're on duty. Mm-hmm. Unless they are working undercover as a plainclothes officer for certain jobs. And those aren't the people who are pulling you over. Nope. And it's just... It's been a really, really hard couple of weeks. And... It's just going to keep getting harder, unfortunately, because we're going to keep fighting for justice uh, for these families, for these people. We're going to we're going to fight for accountability, uh, actually, because justice would mean Adam Toledo's parents still had a seventh grader living with them. Uh, Justice would mean Dante Wright's kid still had a living father. And all we can ask for is that these police officers who lied who killed and then who blamed it on the victims do not get away with this. Yeah. Um, so in addition to the um, police violence, the horrific police violence, there has there have also been multiple mass shootings that have happened in the last few weeks. We talked about the mass shooting that happened at the spa that targeted Asian American women. In the last few days, there has been one at a FedEx by a former employee, and one that occurred right before recording, like a couple of hours ago in Austin, Texas, that has killed three people. And as more people in America get vaccinated and feel freer to move around normally again, we've also returned to the normalcy of mass shootings, death, and trauma. Because that's... That's America. That's normal in America. One of the details about the FedEx part that really killed me was that employees couldn't call 911 when they were being attacked because their phones were locked away, which is standard practice in multiple retailers and at multiple factories and just places of work because they don't trust their employees and something has to change there yeah fedex's uh policy is that you can't like bring your phone in you can't have any valuables you can wear your wedding ring and that's it because they're worried about uh fedex employees stealing packages and i don't know if you are worried about that you probably have much deeper problems as a company like why aren't you paying your workers enough that they need to steal in order to survive? Uh, but I can't. There have been so many stories that I've heard um, from people who have lived through mass shootings and gun violence, from kids who have survived school shootings, who talk about calling their mom or texting their dad and telling their little brother that they love them. And And they shouldn't have died. None none of the people who went to work at FedEx only to be killed should have died. But they also should have gotten to say goodbye. They should have gotten that chance to live and be with for just a second to just have those last words go to the people that they love most in the world. One of the things the people on the plane 
on the planes that were hijacked on 9-11, there were phones on, in the, behind, on the backs of the chairs, so people were able to call their families. And these people didn't get that chance. Like, it's, it's just too much. Um, it has also been released that a significant number of the victims of the FedEx shooting uh, in the Indianapolis area, the victims, about uh, half of them, maybe a little more than half, were members of the Sikh community. Um, which, uh, I mean, is there, you know, more, most likely South Asians like me and Norali, uh, but also Sikhs have endured a lot of violence, uh, in the past 20 years as they have been mistaken for Muslims and American racism and Islamophobia and white supremacy is complicated. Um, Authorities haven't declared this a hate crime yet. I don't know if uh, this place was targeted specifically because Sikh people were working there. Um, but it is a, already an incredibly hard time to be Asian American in America and to have the growing Sikh community in Indianapolis be targeted again, I'm sure everyone there is feeling just a lot of pain and trauma and i don't know maybe they're wondering and have been wondering for the past year if they're gonna be next for this horrific rise in hate crimes let's move on a little bit from like our trauma to why this is important yeah so i mean it's it's just preferable that people not die? I mean, we've said this a lot about COVID and the avoidable deaths in that situation. It's, it's needless death. We don't need this. We don't. So many people are being, like, we know why this is important. We know why human lives are important. And we're happy to be a podcast of ice-cold takes if it means <laughs> that we finally get real policy changes and actions that stops our communities from dying. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I would love for this podcast to actually be about leftist policy and leftist theory. It would be great. Wouldn't you love that? Think of all of the episodes we've prepared and then have had to not do because somebody comes in and shoots people. Whether that be a police officer or a mass shooter. Like, we don't want to keep doing this. No. We don't. And we don't have to keep doing this because we could have just done policies and action. We could have we could have passed things back when we were kids, when you're like 17 and 18 year olds and Sandy Hook happened. We could have done something then and then we didn't. And then we still haven't. After every single shooting that breaks the news cycle, after every single person who has been killed by the police, specifically our black and brown neighbors who have been killed by the police and targeted unjustly, 
we keep talking about it because nothing gets done and I'm tired of nothing getting done. I want different trauma. <laughs> Not even no trauma. I'll just settle for something new. Which, I mean, we did get that too with COVID. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm, I, I can't be sad. Like, I, I can't cry anymore. Like, I can't process this anymore yeah I just it feels like I've processed the very same trauma so many times already like I've already had all of these conversations they were just with different names like how many cardboard boxes have I destroyed to make protest signs for justice for Trayvon Martin or Antoine Brown or or George Floyd, or Sandra Bland, or Breonna Taylor, or Duante Wright, or Adam Toledo, or Christian Hall. How many signs have I made? How many people have I talked to? How many minds have I changed? And still, nothing gets it done. It's, it's one of the greatest American failures. Like, it truly is that nothing has changed. Um, especially when universal background checks, which is the bare minimum when it comes to gun reform, is supported by the majority of America. 83% of gun owners support expanded background checks on sales of all firearms, including 72% of NRA members, according to the Harvard Institute of Politics. 72% of NRA members. NRA are the people trying to stop this shit from happening. Like, trying to stop universal background checks. And, like, I don't want to use the the term common sense gun reform because it's not common sense gun reform. Common sense would be banning guns because they've killed too many people. This is bare minimum gun reform. Um, and 90% of America supports universal background checks, according to PolitiFact. And it has not passed. After all these years, our entire lives have been colored by mass shootings and school shootings and people dying at the hands of police. Our entire lives. My yes. mom was afraid to send me to public school because the Virginia Tech shooting mm -hmm. happened when I was in preschool. Imagine how much more emotionally competent and stable I would be if I went to elementary school, guys. Yeah. These mass shootings, this police violence, this gun violence has altered every aspect of my life. It has shaped every aspect of my life. And right now, I'm worried about the fact that there are tanks rolling through Minneapolis and people's neighborhoods. I'm worried about the fact that the Columbus, Ohio Police Department decided to take their helicopter out for a joyride between 12 a.m. and 2 a.m. and spell out CPD over a black neighborhood because that is terrorizing the members of that neighborhood who are trying to sleep and are now scared that something is wrong because there's a police helicopter hovering above them. That's the kind am... of stuff we heard about that like the terrorists in the Middle East were doing yeah. to, to their people. Like that's what <laughs> Like none of this none of this needs to happen. 
I'm terrified that uh, Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania has already called the National Guard in to Philadelphia for the next three months, just in case the Derek Chauvin trial goes wrong. And he isn't convicted, which like, do we have that little faith in our people? I mean, I don't think, I think we have that little faith in the justice system that we expect riots to happen as a result of, of, of accountability not happening. But like calling in a military force uh, because our justice system doesn't work only makes our justice system works. It, yeah. it is clearly not working. This over-militarization of our communities is hurting us. And yeah. this is just, it's an example of this uptick in police brutality in response to people being upset about police brutality. I mean, in Minneapolis, uh, when the Duante Wright protests started happening, the city council got together and were like, okay, we have decided... Like, we're telling the police force now, you cannot use tear gas. You will not use chemical weapons on our people. These are our communities. We are here to protect them and serve them. We're not going to use tear gas on these people now. It just looks bad with the Derek Chauvin trial happening down the street. And then the police did it anyways, because they we bought them tear gas. Of course they're going to use it. And they're using it in response to their officers killing someone and people being justly upset about that. And it's just wrong. Yeah. No, and this is why we need to defund, if not abolish, the police. We need to abolish the idea of policing in our minds, in the minds of the American people, because, like, in our heads... Like, the way I've grown up, I've been taught that police are here to protect us, and they solve crimes and murders, and they, they help, they help with, with getting people justice. But that is not the reality. And it's, it's horrifying. The reality is horrifying, but it's something America needs to face and finally understand we need a system of restorative justice that works we need community-based safety that works the police aren't keeping our communities safe and we all know that we've all seen it a lot of us have experienced it firsthand um and we need to reimagine these systems because these systems uh at best aren't working, and at worst, are working exactly as they intended to, and are actively oppressing our communities. And both of those, frankly, are terrible. We should change it. Yes. Um, so, uh, usually, this is when we move into, like, how we can act, and, like, we tell you all of these things you can do, and steps you can take. Uh, but first, I just want to acknowledge this has been a traumatic few weeks of police violence and mass shootings. And like, I think we can all tell by this point that Narali and I certainly have trauma. Uh, sure you do too. So yeah, first and just first, uh, 
most importantly for how you can act, please take care of yourself and your community. That can mean taking out to the streets to protest, or it could mean staying home and taking a step back from the news for the night. It can mean babysitting your like friends' kids so they can go protest, or dropping off a meal for a family that you know. It can mean a lot of different things for taking care of yourself and your community, but you know best what you need to do to take care of yourself, uh, to make sure your neighbors are safe, and to show who in our communities take care of ourselves. Who, to show who in our communities take care of those communities. Mm -hmm. uh, but please don't give yourself extra trauma uh, if it's not gonna help you heal. Like, if you need to stay in, it's okay to stay in. I am giving you that permission. Yeah. You don't need it, but you have it anyways. <laughs> yeah, please take care of yourselves. And um, also, you can talk to your local legislators about defunding the police department. The police officers cannot disobey city government orders. Um not to use tear gas and chemical weapons on the community if we don't pay them, pay for them to have tear gas in the first place. Also, like, they're a part of the executive branch and they're refusing to listen to the heads of the executive branch. Some, something's not working. And, um... Yeah, did you, yeah. uh... By any chance, did you see that graphic of, like, worldwide military spending? And, like, at the top was, like, U.S. military spending. And it was, like, China's military spending. And in third place, it was U.S. policing budgets. <laughs> and then it was every other country underneath it by, yeah, like, I mean, a I already, fraction. I haven't seen that graphic. Like, I already knew that we spend, like, 15 times the military spending of, like, the next largest country about um about about that number um it's, i can't verify that but yeah that doesn't surprise me <laughs> some like it's it's the it's that drill tweet of like my family is dying and he's spending like $3000 on candles every month and it's like someone help me budget this my family is dying <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Our bloated police budgets are killing us. It's so funny. It's so funny. I'm... Uh... Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> but but seriously, talk to, talk to your local legislators about defunding the police department and instead funding housing or community health programs like, I don't know, vaccinations or, oh God, so many uh, schools, uh, better infrastructure. I'm really tired of... Half of the streets are in my neighborhood are brick roads. For no really? reason. Wow. Yeah, they just, they were built originally with brick roads, and now they're like, well, the roads work fine, but they don't. Yeah. They don't work fine. Half my town doesn't have sidewalks. It would be nice to have. These are, these are fixable problems, and you know what the worst thing is? They basically just need money. Very rarely can you fix a problem by throwing money at it. But here's a case where you can. <laughs> and we can throw the money that we take away from the cops who kill people. Which is just... Yeah. Beautiful. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Wait. 
we can fund other things. We can other fund other important programs. We can start new programs. And look, I, I've gotten into my share of Twitter feuds with the Yang gang. I mean, I don't particularly think of it as a feud as me being mm. right and then them piling in my mentions for no reason. But uh, hey, if you want universal income, uh, uh, if you want a universal basic income, why don't we start by defunding the police and <laughs> making some room in our budgets for other things? Yeah, and um, um, Andrew Yang, uh, the mention of him puts me in a rage spiral a little bit. Um, but yeah, if you want UBI, defund the police. Um, so on a federal level, um, H.R. 8 of the Bipartisan Background Checks Act of 2021 and H.R. 1446, the Enhanced Background Checks of act of 2021 have both passed the house so um call your senators and tell them that they need to act on these gun safety led bills and make them law because guys it'd be so great it'd be so great to have like universal background checks the thing that everyone agrees we should have including the majority of nra members you know it, it's wild it's honestly wild that, like, all of America agrees on something, except for, like, five people. Just, like, 50 senators don't, and that's the problem. And 50 senators don't, not because of any reason other than that one guy is giving them a lot of money to say that they don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, I think we all know whether we're, like, black, brown, Asian, white, that we deserve safe communities, that our kids should not fear going to school because of a mass shooting, and also fear walking home from school because the police might shoot them. Just an example that I've heard from a child. Like, we cannot stop, we cannot let a few dirty lobbyists and a couple politicians they control stop us from taking very basic action that we all agree on. We have to finally do it. Okay. So, should we wind down the episode? Yeah. Uh, let's end on some good things, because this is one of those rare instances where we had no good news until now. Yeah. It's, it's been a doozy of an episode. <laughs> I'm so sorry for anybody who this is if this is your first episode listening to us, I'm so sorry. We're not always this sad. It's just been a hard few weeks for the obvious reasons. Uh, but my good news, my good news is as of today, April 18th, 2021, when we're filming it, it has been 100 days since Donald Trump's Twitter account has been suspended. And it's just been a really nice 100 days for me personally but also the country, because as soon as his Twitter account got suspended, a bunch of misinformation stopped being spread. And it was a good experience. Man. Oh man, I, uh, gosh. Remember Jack Dorsey's meltdown after that happened, where he was like, I know we did it, but I feel like we shouldn't, but it's gonna be permanent, but uh, uh, it was very funny for him to waffle about it. That was amusing. I but he's still not on Twitter, which is also amusing. Yeah. 
I um first good. of all, I love Donald Trump not being on Twitter. It's great. It's just it's made Twitter a better place. But also, I enjoyed a billionaire Jack Dorsey being afraid. Just mm-hmm. a, fills me with joy. Imagine if we taxed him. That would really scare him. Imagine if he banned wouldn't that be nice? Imagine every white boy who went into my mentions telling me that Andrew Yang is just trying to be an advocate for the Asian American He's community not. just oh my went away. God. I have the word Asian in my bio. And then also in my bio is the fact that I work for an Asian advocacy organization. Why are they doing this to me? And, oh, oh, man. I don't want this to suddenly become an Andrew Yang episode, but Andrew Yang is not an advocate for the Asian American community. Andrew Yang is an advocate for himself, and who he is is a failed Venture for America founder that was a failed venture, Venture for America, and then a failed presidential campaign, and now he's running for New York mayor, and I... And hopefully a failed mayoral campaign. Yeah. Vote for Diana Morales. Uh, yeah, sure. I don't live there. I officially have no opinion. Maya Wiley seems cool. <laughs> That's all I got. All right. So um, my good thing is um, that Tessa Violet, who is one of my favorite independent musicians and also longtime YouTuber, um, released a music video uh for um her song games which features lovely the band and um it's just a lovely homage to the the greatest cinematic experience of all time which is the twilight baseball scene yes uh and you know It's not that we're fans of Twilight, really. It's just the baseball scene was the only good part of that movie. Yeah. Just chef's kiss of beautiful cinematic masterpieces. Yeah. It's just so good. And, yeah. They, like, there are some people who have posted videos of side-by-sides of, like, the actual scene and the music video. And, like, they, they paid attention and made it like extremely similar and also they got the guy who plays carlisle cullen to be in it in a very funny cameo so i highly recommend if oh want- that's who that is yeah. <laughs> okay i have been trying to figure it out for like more than 24 hours at this point <laughs> but like if you just want a little bit of joy a little bit of nostalgia like watch the tessa violet games music video and it's also supporting an independent musician who's doing it all without a record label and working really hard, so. And also the song's a bop. Yeah. Just th- throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. It's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> um, finally, Nerali, what is our mango fact this week? So our mango fact is actually some mango news that comes from Yahoo Finance, which is not a news source I... um. I tend to to venture to. Um, and it's that the same company that worked to truly popularize avocados in the U.S. and succeeded um, is trying to do the same with mangoes. They own a bunch of mango fields, groves. I'm not sure of the actual word, um, but 
they own a ton of mango uh, uh, ag- it says they own 300 hectares of mangoes so that's what they own they own 300 hectares of mangoes in Peru and they really want to push marketing for mangoes and um it's this 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 company is called Mission Produce so if you suddenly see like a bunch of menus offering mango things might be because of them which is pretty interesting it's like really interesting to go into like the like i feel like the mango news slash fact segment has really become an explore exploration of like the agriculture sector a little bit which is not something we talk about off like at all really in other parts no we both live in cities yeah we do not talk about agriculture yeah but this has been really interesting um I really like this mango news uh, for three reasons. First of all, it means mangoes will be easier to get, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I struggle to find mangoes in Pittsburgh. There are some Asians here, but not a lot. And there are some Latinx people here, but <laughs> not a lot. And if this means mangoes will be more accessible to me, I'm all for it. Uh, secondly, I'm a little bit worried that this means that, like... This will be like what happened with avocados and then the people who grow the avocados will not be able to then eat them because they're shipping all of their products overseas and taking away a food that has become like a staple in the community. A little bit worried about that. Third thing, cannot wait to see the article telling Gen Z the reason they can't buy houses is mango toast. Yeah, so... So, I mean, I feel like one of those things will not be a problem um, because mango is already the most eaten fruit in the world. It's just not popular in the U.S. Um, So, oh gosh, I'm going to try to figure out a mango toast recipe now. I don't think it'll work. I I genuinely don't. I don't think it'll work either, but I want to see them try. I feel like if you do avocado mango toast, it might work just to like add a tiny bit of sweetness. And like uh, the thing with avocado is that it's a it's a neutral flavor that you can add whatever Mm. to. Mango is sweet and sometimes not sweet, but like then it's sour because it's not ripe. And that's also really good. But hmm. I'm trying to think and I can't. I don't know. Maybe everyone's going to get really into sticky rice and that will replace bread with rice. Maybe. I could see I could see myself waking up and then making myself some sticky rice and slicing up a mango every day. I mean, that's been my dream since I was like 7, but I feel like I feel like I would overnight in a in like a a cooker, in a rice cooker, some sticky rice and then wake up in the morning to sticky rice and do mango sticky rice. That's the dream. That's the dream. <laughs> um, this has been a really weird episode. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm glad we could lighten things but, up at the end. Yeah. Uh, if you've made it this far, please know that we always end on good things and the mango fact. Because we are also sad while talking about most of the news we cover. Yeah. Um... If you want to hang out with us throughout the week, uh, you can find me at Katrina Ames on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and Twitch. Narali, where can we find you? You can find me at Firewood Sparkler on Twitter, 
Twitch, and YouTube. Um, you can also find us on Patreon again at patreon.com slash onyourleftpod or on bookshop.org at bookshop.org slash shop slash onyourleftpod where you'll find a bunch of great book recommendations by the two of us, including a bunch of Asian American books that we've recommended. So if you want to expand your horizons a little bit, go to bookshop.org slash shop slash onyourleftpod. We have excellent taste. It's a great time. Yeah. <laughs> um, this has been the On Your Left podcast about guns being bad. Yeah. I, well, I'll, I'll look up the title later. Have a great week, everyone. Guns are bad. Bye. <laughs>